It's the Sod Pod. Brought to you by Grassland Agro. The Sod Pod. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode six of the Sod Pod. I'm joined here today with the usual suspects, Sean McMahon, John O'Loughlin, and David Corbett. My name is James Freeman, and on today's episode, we're going to actually have a good chat about the Chagas Grass 10. We're very proud sponsors of that, going way back to 2017. Boys, you were all involved judging over the, the years. Give us a flavour of what happens behind the scenes there, and what are you looking out for? Yeah, so we're proud sponsors of the the Grass 10 event, as you said, James. It was great to get on farm this year and, and see how the judging panel critique the farmer, uh, what they're looking for. I was very lucky to be in Adair this year on a farm that is expanded uh, in recent years. Young farmer growing a lot of grass and really focusing in on soil fertility and he's trying to do, uh, he's doing a very good job on growing clover. I think he's about 30% of the farm that is in clover. Really good operator, but just goes to show you how hard it is to to maintain that level of clover on a farm. But yeah, it was nice to get a, a good insight. Look, at we were focusing on the grasslands side of things. So looking at the soil samples, what the farm, where the farm was at, where have they come from and what have they done? What sort of a plan have they put in place? What sort of pre-grazing yields are they, are they grazing uh, mid-season? Uh, what they're focusing on, what their main KPIs is. So really, really good to uh, get out on farm, number one, but see. I suppose the behind the scenes and how they how to critique each farmer on the programme John you were on a couple of more farms I was only on the one and David you were on a few others Yeah so we, we've all done our turn uh, judging this year and I suppose basically how it actually happens from a behind the scenes point of view is that John Maher sends you a text or an email uh, the night before. <laughs> oh man, John. <laughs> and then you show up on whatever farm. He'll give you a vague idea maybe what weeks we were going at it. But uh, I know I'm only sagging John there because he's from Kilkenny. But what we do is we, we arrive onto the farm anyways and we all introduce ourselves to the farmer. We walk around in, you know, look at the different parameters. And I suppose the competition has very much evolved as well, James. You know, yeah. Previously was... Uh, who could grow the most grass and now there's much more of a sustainability focus it's it's really to the forefront so I suppose clover we've talked a lot about it in episode 5 but clover is massively important in, in the whole scheme of things and making sure that it's actually on the farm rather than maybe saying we plan to in, in, in actually incorporate clover so it's very important for anyone thinking about you know entering the competition this year then biodiversity is massively important and you know the environmental side of it and then health and safety as well. You know, Colin was there from FBD, you know, looking at the health and safety side. Obviously, we did, and Brennan then from the journal. John Crow actually done a day with me as well um, when I was doing it. Liz Highland, Bridget Lynch. So there's a good good team, and there's a good blend of different disciplines, and everyone, uh, I suppose, has their own area. And our side, it's a side fertility, and we kind of look at maybe where the side fertility is now, maybe what sort of a journey the side fertility came on, how they managed their nitrogen, especially last year or last year's competition, there was a real focus on spring nitrogen because we knew that nitrogen prices were escalating and looking if the farmer had a clear strategy of what they're going to do around spring nitrogen. So, you know, it's it's really interesting and it's a, it's probably a privilege for us to get to see some of the best farmers in the country because there is a quite... Uh, Johnny, on that deer, how does a farmer go about getting their farm represented or judged on the grass 10? 
Yeah, so a farmer can go about getting entered into the competition by looking out for the, you know, any of the announcements of the launch of the competition, which is roughly in June or July. It's kind of varied a lot because of, of COVID, unfortunately. So it's it's hard to put a specific date on when the, the, it's actually going to launch for next year. But basically all you do is you enter and you, 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 you look at the, the guys in pasture base then can analyse your figures and look at your nitrogen use efficiency. And there's all these parameters that come into it. Now look at your average... Uh, number of grazings per paddock and then you know look at um, your average pre-grazing yield as well so they're, they're real key KPIs in the screening process um, David but obviously on our side it was mainly side fertility uh, I think you were down in Wexford Dave Yeah I was down in Wexford with um, Bridget Carroll in Ballycarnew when I was with Philip Tindall in, in Enniscorthy so it's great to see how farmers have, have evolved I suppose with changes with legislation and what's required in the environment and, and reducing emissions and becoming more sustainable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just great to see the evolution on farm. And we, we talk about sustainability, and I suppose ourselves within Grass and Agri, we have our soil sustainability programme. Two of the major factors that we always talk about with sustainability is environmental and economic. And I suppose one of the major factors that we, we kind of fail to, to think about or talk about is, is the social sustainability. And as you say, John, like down to the safety on the farm and health and safety is, is a major player uh, with the grass tent. And, and even going as far as um, the farmer themselves um, having, having time off farm and, and making time for themselves. Like, and, and that's a, a really important factor going forward in a, in a family farm or, or, or in the farming business that, that you are making time outside of the, outside of the farm. Yeah, and that's that's really important. And even I suppose on the economic sustainability, Brian Ducey there from AIB, like he'd be going through grass because there's such a strong link between grass and receding and the economic output of the farm. Like it's really interesting. He'd also be telling some good yarns as you go around, and he's a great man for the the TV references as well. Some of them are a bit more obscure. Like he must he must spend a good bit of time watching it, but like. Really, really enjoyable process and, and great to see some of these farms because I suppose really, you know, when you think about part of the programme is actually to, to get the message out there and grass measuring. So these people are really ambassadors to bring more people into grass measuring because I suppose we've talked about a lot to call a spade a spade. There's been very poor uptake in grass measuring. Uh, and Sean, I know this is your specialist subject and tried to propose that plate meter before. And I like how to make like I suppose it's one thing that we we are probably failing at to attract the dry stock farmers uh, as well, and you know I was absolutely blown away. I was bobbing mead uh, on the farm of Aidan Aidan McGuire, and you know he was doing some unbelievable stuff. Really good person, really good character, and I hope that his story will help to attract more farmers into grass measuring, especially on the dry stock side of the house. But because John, we we get hung up on and look, it's, it's fair enough. Like it's a, it's an expensive. Um, it's expensive to be bringing in meal or bringing in feed on, on farm and, and we do get hung up on it we'd be getting hung up on how, how much meal we feed per livestock unit or f- feed per cow or p- feed per hectare um, but like it, we can't really be talking about you know, feeding 500 or 1000 kilos of, of feed per, per, per livestock unit when we don't even know how much grass we're growing on, on the farm like you know we're, we're talking about imported feed when, when the majority of the feed is actually coming from from inside the farm gate Sean yeah, look at I, as as John referenced there. I have a 
passion for grassland management and <laughs> and and especially the grass ten because I was whenever I was starting off or just graduated from college I was working in the Chugs office in in Cork and I was with uh, John Maher on the grass ten team with some of the meetings setting up new. You were the one that got away. He told me. <laughs> I don't. Think, I, I wouldn't say that. But <laughs> it's back uh, again. It's it's um yeah. It just I suppose look. Giving farmers the platform to to show their farm off because we know that it's not just size fertility or it's not just safety or it's not just breeding. The farmers questioned on on nearly every management practice that they're doing, and it was a fair eye opener for me that you know obviously that our our section. And our, our judging criteria is on the soil fertility, but you know, there, I I definitely took a lot from the top operators, as you said, John, because that that's who they are. They're they're the best in class, and that's who are judging, and that's who are critiquing. So, uh, especially on the clover, like I I learned a lot on Colin Doherty's farm that day. Yeah, definitely, they're the best in class of what entered, like the others. But uh, like, fair play to them for having a go and actually saying, right, I want to to take on the role of being an ambassador and trying to get people grass measuring because. There's a good bit of work in it, like you know, mm. between different farm walks, and they're going to get drawn in to do different things. And some people really enjoy that. But yeah, and you have to make it work, John. Like the like all all these farms, like farmers, um, in the grass ten competition, like they all they are all measuring grass. And again, going back to the social side of things, like one of the biggest reasons I think why farmers don't measure grass is is just time they don't have time and I know you often say you don't have time to bless yourself and whatnot like you know but but like it is it, it there's a lot going on on farm and like measuring grass it, it could potentially be time taken away from elsewhere but but that's one of the key things I think to having the farm events and getting on farm and, and getting as much information out of the farm as possible because this is how we promote the industry, whatever, if it's a dry stock or a beef or dairy enterprise. We have to promote the social sustainability. We have to promote farmers having time. David, you're a good man for the tag rugby there in the evenings. You know, you're, oh, you're, you're not a cabin cows. Careful what you say, When he goes up, he's going to get into contact rugby. Do you know, but like it, it gives farmers a platform to show off uh, what they have. Uh, I think it's it's a great platform. It's 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 grown in popularity over the number of years. It's going to keep growing, and the more people that can attend these events, uh, the more information that you're going to come away with, and then the the potential you have to implement the, the small changes can make a big difference uh, on on your farm. Yeah, and 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 to call a spade a spade now, like, and this is a controversial opinion, but like, it probably has not worked so far. Because if we've only 1,100 people grass measuring, you know, like, we, we are fully behind it and we need to do our bit to try and promote it as well. Like, but, like, there's been a massive push towards grass measuring. Like, you see, you know, the, the, the grass thing courses and you also see the journal doing their own course. Like, and when they're, you see Aidan Markin saying, you know, that it has life-changing impacts and you're kind of like... <laughs> You know that's that's a big that's a big statement to come out with now, like you know, life changing. But it it probably does in the fact that you know you 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 focus on the things that are going to make you money on farm, uh, that gives you better quality of life, um, and it's really drawn that into focus. But I would probably argue now, and this is another controversial opinion, that a lot of farmers, even if they're not grass measuring, they have a good handle on their covers. Maybe, you know, even lads who don't who aren't on pasture based, they could tell you a fifteen hundred cover. And I'd also feel that there's a lot of guys who maybe aren't necessarily measuring every week that are managing, which is important too. Now, in the, in the eyes of pasture-based, they're not recognised as managing grass. 
but they are actually doing it and for us that's all that that's equally as good but obviously from Chagas point of view they want to get as many people on to pasture base as possible but once you're ma- ma- managing it or measuring it um, and, and some people if they're in the same farm system they have such they're so in touch with their so farm used to it yeah do you know that they know that they how many days they can be ahead you know because uh, you see it with the real top operators the likes of John Mack he was comfortable enough to bring his cover down to 140 uh, per cow during the main season because mm. he knows his farm that well but but he knows his farm that well because he knows the ground and the soil would perform because it's at the good indexes for P and K it's at the correct pH and he, he, all the all the key messages that the Grass Town programme is promoting the farmers are shit hot on all them key points and, and the biggest thing I, I, I took from it the, the environmental challenges that are there now in, in reducing emissions and, and improving water quality, even with, with Bridget Carroll there in, in Ballycarnew, that's a that's a catchment in itself that's that's very heavily monitored uh, and the water quality is very heavily monitored. But you can, like I, I suppose there's a, there's a lot of talk there recently about about these um, targets and like is the only outcome going to be to, to reduce the national herd? Is, is that the only way we're going to come around it? But you can see on, on these farms that they're, they have super measures in place and, and they are reaching these targets. They are meeting water quality targets and they are meeting emissions targets. And I think it's, it's very important to, to note that it can be done. And, and like with the targets that are in place, the overarching thing is that, that there is going to be a food supply and there's not going to be a food shortage. So it's just to, to make note that these measures can be put in place and, and the security can be there. And it's just to, I suppose, trust the process in 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 in, in what we're what we're <laughs> what we're trying to achieve. Yeah, there's a bit of a story there behind trust the process but we won't go into it today. Um Sean is delighted. Hashtag <laughs> But um no but definitely like and uh, listen that debate about the food supply has certainly been brought uh, and the food chain and food securities it's been drawn into focus now again because of the unfortunate events in Russia and the Ukraine. And really when you see the you know maybe the consumer in Dublin that's worrying about the carbon emissions or they're so privileged, you know, to be able to to worry about this mm. fucking vegan whatever has X amount, and and but the lack of education around you know the carbon intensity of these products versus the product that we have in Ireland, uh, but one of the fundamentals because we have such a low carbon product is because uh, either beef or lamb or dairy is because of grass, you know, and listen, we probably. We probably lost our way a little bit in the last couple of years in relation to higher nitrogen inputs. Um, but for us, and the key point is that we have to promote and uh, and engage on sustainability so that we can make sure that there isn't a reduction in livestock numbers. But industry is engaging, but I think we have to step it up another bit because like, I'd slightly disagree in what you say with what the Grass 10 programme um, isn't working as well as it should be. No, I don't know. It wasn't the Grass 10 programme. It's that the grass measuring in general. Well, well grass measuring. Do you know, yeah. like if, if there's only 1,100 people and there's 70,000 farmers. Yeah. I suppose the idea of grass measuring that if some farmers need to be taught how to set it up. Some farmers have to know how to set up a plate meter. It's not, it's not straightforward, let's be honest. But once you get used to that process and once you get used to the figures, you will it will benefit you economically and a lot of farmers is driven economically that's but that, that, that shouldn't be a, a barrier like you know there's, there's plenty I know grass, Chagas are running courses Farmers Journal are running courses like we have our own agronomy team that are 
absolutely super at, at grass managing grass giving but it's amazing grass. it's amazing Dave the simple things that you could show a farmer for instance in the springtime I was out with a farmer and relaxed approach to getting the cows out and the ground was well capable of getting out and you know made the decision to go out a week later the protein had jumped from say 3.3 to 3.4 or up 0.1 do you know mm. and it was only when it was pointed out to the farmer same with beef farms Johnny like even the the live way again like just getting out the grass to be fair dry stock farms probably for the most part are under stock so there's plenty of grass there do you know yeah but like I, I, listen I think the, the, the key thing here is that why aren't people measuring grass like and I know Paul Newman did a study on it before and there was time but listen a lot of it is how to measure because like I, I agree with you the, there's the benefits of measuring grass are indisputable but we only have 1100 people doing it on a regular basis and that's what I'm saying is that how can we attract more people in you know and why are the genuine reasons that they're not doing it and and, and that's getting to the bottom of that and the grass 10 is designed to help promote to get people in and it's doing a brilliant job it's it's wings have been clipped probably by COVID as well like part of the on-farm stuff is really important like so you John Douglas or or Joe Dunphy and, and John Marv's on the farm walks of the winners going through it and you know trying to get the interest there is 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 um is huge but just to actually get people when they leave that farm walk they hear all the benefits to get them to put it into place in their own farm yeah and re- we really love what John Mayer and the team in Chagas are doing with Grass 10 it's something we've really engaged with over time I suppose probably felt lucky enough for John he hasn't got to celebrate too many Kilkenny All-Ireland Hurling victories in his time since that but at least he gets to celebrate the Grass 10 winners look we're going to move forward there now just we're right up on May it's a real busy time on farm what do we need to do to make good quality silage uh, for the stock on the farm John? Uh, yeah, we need to be thinking about our first cut now, so organising the contractor because harvest aid is crit- critically important. All the nutrients will be done now, and we've talked about them a lot earlier on in the time, but making sure that we cut in the right weather conditions is critically important as well. Probably resisting the temptation to go for bulk this year is going to be difficult for a lot of farmers. Making sure you have the quality for the, the stock that you have in the farm is really important. So for dry cows, there's a bit of a euphemism to gather up any old any old silage at all and, and I, I know Pat Corbett will be actively encouraging lads to, to go for dry cow silage because you get 20 bales an acre less diesel and rushes rushes <laughs> of water John that's where the money is 20 beeps yeah yeah but in, seri- but in serious lads the, the quality of silage good quality silage cannot be underestimated because if we get a bad spring and cows have calved down early say in January February can't get the grass if they are what will set them up is high quality silage and if you think of it, if you can make 75 DMD silage on the 20th of May by the 1st or 2nd of June that's gone down to 70 by the 10th of June that's gone down to 65 DMD the lower DMD you get the lower the potential intake that animal has the lower the quality and the less litres the cows will produce or the less say gain kilos per day per, or per week whatever measure you want to use the less they're going to so silage quality regardless of what system you're in it needs to be paramount and where we're going to get that quality is first cut silage but it, it doesn't really matter it doesn't like it's gone past the stage now where where like how much nitrogen you put out is is not an issue nitrogen has gone out but the sugars and, and the nitrates are, are, are two major ones that can be tested and, and probably should be tested every year but this year 100% I think every farmer should be testing their, their sugars and nitrates just to is make sure Is that a big job Davy? Not at all not at all James no so look it's it's essentially just, just going out taking a, a random few um, snippets in, in a silage field 
getting the garlic crush and, and just taking sap out of that silage gem. So um, you're testing the, the sugars with the refractometer and you're testing the nitrates then with a nitrate strip. So look, ideally, well, no, you don't want high nitrates in your silage because that's going to affect your, your, your preservation and the fermentation of that silage and, and straight away that's having an effect on your, on your quality. And then the sugars then, obviously you need your sugars to feed your lactic acid bacteria, which is driving on that, that fermentation process. So it's very simple. I know our own agronomy team are doing it for our own customers. If you want to get in touch with them, 100%. I know Chagas would do it. You can probably go to numerous labs around the country that would test it. I think for, for the year that's in it and the, and the price of, of silage and fodder, it's, it's, it's going to be uh, critical, John. Yeah, definitely. Like it's, it's, uh, it has to be done. It's an easy job to do if you have the kit. You know, so like you have to have the, the tools actually to do the job. And as part of the sustainability program, we do it for every single farmer. So to ensure that they preserve the silage as best as possible, because I suppose one important thing is that the silage is made in the pit. You know, that's where it does the fermentation. That's really, really important. So making sure that we have it going in with, with good enough um, sugar content and no free nitrates to buffer that pH drop is, is really important. But I think just in relation to maybe the other part of what we do is actually doing the, the yield on the silage is really important so that you can actually figure out how much silage you've secured and with maybe 10% feed losses you can figure out how much of your winter feed budget you actually have and it's actually really important on the, the beef side of the house and you know we do the tech talks as well like but the um, Adam Woods and Fairness Team is really strong on making sure that beef farmers actually spread enough nitrogen to grow crop of silage because we could be in serious serious bother if we're looking at a fodder deficit like you know because even just to compare it john when, when we talk about say silage and, and grazing silage is probably up on 150 percent efficiency of, of nitrogen and that's the same in for peas and k's are in around yeah so so like there, there, there is more offtake than input um and the grazing situation is probably only 20 25 percent and just to explain, Dave, how you can get 150% efficiency, like. Yeah, so it's it's essentially like we we're we're fertilizing a five ton crop. We found there last year that there was probably on average about three ton extra dry matter coming off per hectare, and and that's where you're, I say, two and a half, say over your five, two and a half ton over your five, and that's giving you 150% efficiency. So you're you're actually where's them nutrients coming from the extra 50% just coming from organic matter John that's been mineralized been broken down in the soil you're, you're literally tapping into your reserves when we talk about an index 3 or 4 for P's and K's that's your reserve in the soil and, and that's been tapped into and also your, your organic matter that's been tapped into as well so it's pulling those reserves so as you said we're, we're, we're measuring the yield in order to to replenish those reserves after that coat is coming off the nitrogen levels is very important this year because some farmers was planning on going with maybe, a, for instance, a bag of urea and then that went to a bag and a quarter or a bag and a half. They, they went later, maybe a week or 10 days later than they would normally go, whether it was a decision that they made or whether they couldn't get the stock on time. The nitrogen levels, I know there's a, two, a rough rule of thumb is two units per day, but that's very, very weak. It's very farm specific, depending on your location, depending on the amount of rainfall, etc. that you would have got throughout from, I suppose, whenever the fertilizer was applied to when it was cut. So very, very, like, you know, the cost fer- the cost of producing silage this year has increased. It's worth, We can focus on quality all we want, but if it's high in nitrogen, it's not going to preserve and... We all know what happened. Black silage, uh, pit of black silage, dung. Like, um, and listen, like, there's another big caveat. Now, this is the weather. Like, you know, it's yeah. grand to say 
we'll all cut our silage on the 20th of May but um, you know there's only so much a contractor can do like you know it's 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 a big challenge like to get around and if the weather breaks then it gets in, into an even bigger problem like you know trying to get around to all the work but listen it's we always said it uh, have a good relationship with your contractor is really important like they, they're part of your farm like you know how they're peer on your farm like but so we were having the, the the conversation about lime last year after the first or second cut do you know rather than having two people come and want to load the, the lime spreader and then want to spread the lime if you have a good enough relationship get the, the person who is the lime spreader to come over if you have the load or fill it yourself job done yeah and even if you're even leaving the keys of the tractor and they can fill it themselves like if you're away like you know but just that you know to be under pressure cutting silage because it is key to get it done now if anyone missed getting the lime out early on I suppose you get a, a, a good shot of nitrogen and just important to get the slurry back out then as well but yeah no like definitely uh, really important to get that job done if it hasn't been done already like there's been so much noise about it Dave and <laughs> you've been on a, a, a personal campaign vendetta yeah right lads we'll call it there so uh, just a couple of takeaway points Chagas Grass 10 it's key to share best practice and learn from each other all anchored around grass measuring get out and walk that farm to help farm the future Silage management, uh, first cut silage is so important. Resisting the temptation for going for bulk, wait for that quality. Test the sugar and nitrates. Silage is made in the pit, that's where the fermentation happens. Mind yourself out there, farm smart, farm safe. Hey, thanks for listening to the Sod Pod. We hope you enjoyed it. To find out more, head over to www.grasslandagro.ie or check out our social channels Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube. That's all for this episode. See you next time.